All right, so <laughs> we've had to switch things up a little bit. It looks like Brian Hirsch is actually not around for today. It turns out uh, that he's away for the day. I know lots of you tune in uh, specifically to listen to that finance segment, but a bit of an error on our part. So uh, no Brian Hirsch for today. What we will do, however, is that we'll be talking about the consumer-related uh, matters that um, we'll be putting on the table, specifically when it comes to the laws and the institutions that are meant to help consumers. Often we buy products, we're not completely satisfied with what it is that we have bought, or we feel that they simply do not meet um, the quality criteria that we felt we were getting into when we were buying those products. So what can we do in that instance? Uh, Lionel Magogotela is going to be joining us uh, for that conversation. In fact, he is on the line. Lionel, we've had to bring you into the conversation a little earlier than you were anticipating. Apologies for that, but uh, thank you so much for being available anyway. Only a pleasure, Ms. Cathy. Good morning and morning to your listeners. Uh, these things do happen and we understand that live shows always have got technical glitches that would actually require one to get out of their comfort zone and come. <laughs> well, well, I hope you weren't in the middle of your breakfast because uh, you still had about a good 20 minutes to go before uh, we had you on air. No, no problem. No, I, I had breakfast earlier on. I was just actually in the moment of trying to zoom into the interview that it was about to actually take uh, place in the next uh, 20 minutes with you yeah. uh, later on. Uh, unfortunately, no, no time for you to center yourself. Hey, Lion, you've just, Lionel, you've just got to go straight in. And, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, um, uh, Lionel is the founder of Financial Wise Corner. And today, Lionel, we're talking about consumer goods and services ombudsman, but it really is about the issues that consumers face often with the products that we buy. Certainly. Um, and I think it's very important that as a friend of SAFM listeners, we actually take into account uh, this uh, critical uh, um, uh, topic by actually unpacking the layers that actually affect consumers, especially when uh, during the COVID uh, period uh, where uh, things actually took place and the country had to be under lockdown as a result of uh, the pandemic that was actually affecting the whole world. And um, most of the People, most of our listeners, you may find that they actually had done bookings where they pre-booked for a holiday flight, be it a venue for a wedding or something, but they couldn't actually utilize the facility as a result of the lockdown that actually took place. So today we are actually going to uncover the layers to really understand what sort of rights do consumers have uh, as a result of that. But also we must be mindful that it's, it wasn't actually uh, as a result of the failures of the service provider to actually meet uh, the contractual obligations, but it's something that actually requires a little bit of delicate when we actually approach it, just so that at least we can actually have a win-win situation for all parties involved. Of course, a good place to start would be looking at the kind of cases um, that the Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman would actually take on. Okay. Uh, the uh, Consumer Goods and Services Ombuds takes uh, cases that uh, involves uh, services. This would be 
your tell uh, telephonic uh, marketing, uh, this would be um, a, a service provider saying that they are going to uh, uh, supply you with a laptop with a specific branded item on it but fail to do so. Uh, uh, it could also be in the event uh, where uh, you are not happy or are not sure with regard to the, the contract that you actually uh, entered, whether there are any, any uh, cooling periods that would be involved uh, in the event that you change your mind uh, along the way before the actually uh, the start or the kickstart of the uh, contractual obligation that uh, uh, you, you are bound to actually take into account. But uh, uh, it, it is also critical and very important to highlight that before the ombuds uh, looks into your case, you as a consumer need to have actually done some groundwork. The groundwork that we are actually referring to is that you would need to have uh, um, uh, com uh, conversed with the uh, service provider to simply say that you are not happy with the service that you have uh, provided or the uh, the uh, or, or the product that was actually uh, given to you. So as a result, you give your reasons as to why and then wait then for the uh, if then there is no meeting grounds between the two parties in this case would be the consumer as well as the service provider uh, this is where then the uh, the ombud would actually come into place uh, by actually uh, playing a role as a mediator by listening to both sides of the story and then looking at what then the Consumer Protection Act stays uh, insofar as then the case is actually uh, going forward. As you would know that uh, every case would be different in terms of its dynamics, in terms of its merits. So that's what the, uh, the ombuds would actually look into. So that means that as a consumer, you can't go to the ombud as the first point of call. You need to have tried to have um, whatever concern, whatever grievance you have resolved first. That is correct. Uh, this is actually also giving... Um, uh, uh, both parties and an opportunity to try and resolve this uh, their, their dispute without necessarily having a third party getting involved. And uh, this is where you as a consumer, you would actually now start uh, bringing forth in terms of the reasons as to why you are not happy with the service that was actually offered or the product, and then try to really see if then uh, the service provider, in this case, be it the manufacturer or then the person who was actually um, uh, delivering uh, a third party from then the manufacturer who was actually delivering to see if then they're able to reimburse you or give you a new product and if then the case happens where then the matter gets to be resolved before going to the ombuds then that is actually good it means then uh, parties are actually able to negotiate and try to uh, bring a win-win situation for all of them but in most cases you would realize that uh, people tend to be uh, very um, uh, opportunistic in terms of how then the contract that they draft uh, uh, sort of like favors only one party as opposed to uh, favoring both parties. And this is where then the ombuds would actually come into, uh, into the space where they try to create an environment that would be a win-win situation for all parties involved. But equally important, it is also ensuring that the contract actually stipulated or the contract that one had actually signed for, it's, it's aligned to the constitution of South Africa. As you know, um, uh, a South African constitution is regarded as one of the best in the uh, in the world. And uh, this is what they're actually trying to really promote.
promote in terms of ensuring that the consumers get to feel the effect of that constitution, uh, constitutional right without necessarily having to go to the courts where it's going to cost you money. And uh, may I say that uh, the service provide, uh, the service of the ombuds, it's free of charge. So there is no need for you to actually be concerned about money. The only thing you need to be concerned of is actually doing the groundwork and uh, noting down all the reference uh, numbers uh, that you actually had gotten from the service provider as a as and when you were actually uh, negotiating uh, uh, with them. Sorry, Kathy, I think there was a technical glitch. Uh, Siri decided to take over the interview. <laughs> Is this your Siri responding now? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Everything that I was saying was actually being recorded okay. by Siri. Now all of a sudden, Siri, give me an opinion. And I'm like, uh, Siri, this is not the time. <laughs> Look, it, it's also good because clearly your Siri didn't recognize my voice and is very confused about what's going on right now. Um, I was saying I was saying that one of the things that prompted us to even have this conversation was um, we had received a, a number of calls from our listeners um, who had bought products online uh, from some of the popular stores um, that are, are used in South Africa, home brand stores that, 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 that are used. And uh, the quality of products that they had received simply did not meet what the expectations were. But they had very great difficulty reaching out to um, these uh, the suppliers and being able to get some kind of recourse, refund, exchange for these products. And, and I wonder just, you know, just the dynamic of online shopping and how it, it changes things there. You know, uh, that is a very interesting uh, question insofar as the dynamics of online shopping. But uh, may I just say uh, to, uh, with regard to then the, uh, the, the, the case study or the portfolio of evidence that you have on your part, is that that is actually the first start that the ombuds would actually look into to simply say that if then the consumers had these difficulties and then the, those service providers are actually unwilling to actually entertain the difficulties that consumers actually had in the first place, that on its own uh, uh, highlights a layer or a breach of uh, 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 the, the whole ecosystem insofar as uh, consumer rights being protected, uh, having to create a gap. So in that case, what would actually be needed is that then the uh, ombuds would actually look at the merits that has actually been presented before them to simply say that I, as a consumer, I bought X product from X uh, supplier, and the product did not necessarily meet then the uh, the the stipulated um, uh, quality uh, as per the contract that I actually signed. However, I tried to actually reach the uh, X uh, supplier, but then there seems to be no meeting of demands between myself and and them. And this are uh, actually the evidence in so far as the communication between myself and then the supplier. And on such and such a date, I spoke to so and so, and this is the reference number. And I was promised that they will get back to me after two days, uh, after two working days, there was no response. And then when I actually reached them back, they 
decided to really tell me that, oh, by the way, the contract that you signed uh, stipulates that there's no policy for you to actually uh, uh, have a refund or to exchange. And as a result, I feel strongly that the contract that I actually signed is not aligned to uh, Consumer Protection Act. And can I actually request of you as the ombuds to actually intervene in this regard, just so that that there is a meeting of the minds between myself as well as the uh, service provider in this regard. And the, uh, the ombuds would gladly look into that and speedily so try to actually create a, an environment where they look at the merits and then try to speak to both parties, yourself in this case, as well as the service provider. And then at the end of the day, they would actually try to come to a reasonable uh, conclusion. Uh, for example, if then the product uh, did not necessarily meet the specified uh, uh, quality control as per the contract that was actually signed, either the service provider will be requested to, uh, to uh, give you a new product uh, that would actually be now uh, matched to see if then the uh, the, the quality then meets then the con- uh, the contractual obligation that you actually signed for. In so- in some cases, it might simply be a a, a a a refund where you simply say that since the attitude of the service provider wasn't really uh, plausible uh, in so far as us having to meet each other, I'm now deciding that I want to uh, get my refund, and as a result. The uh, this uh, the consumer uh, protect uh, I mean the consumer uh, the cons- um, the consumer goods and service ombuds would actually uh, try to then look at then the request that you are submitting to see if it then really uh, uh, is a a, a reasonable uh, request uh, insofar as everything is concerned and they would actually make a ruling in that regard. However, uh, the other layers that you need to take into account with regard to online shopping it's the layer of security. Uh, we have actually now been inundated with um, um, uh, queries uh, from consumers where they found out that their credit card had actually been now used in other areas uh, where they were not actually involved or did not even uh, grant anybody permission to utilize their details. So online shopping also has got its own um, layers or gaps insofar as ensuring that it protects uh, the consumers uh, uh, to, to, uh, to, to actually enjoy the facility uh, with a peace of mind as opposed to having to now uh, be looking at uh, security concerns. But equally important uh, in that uh, uh, in the event where there is a, a, a security breach, this is where we then uh, now uh, have to bring into the conversation the credit provider. Uh, in this case, it would be then the banks and then try to really investigate to see where then the breach came into play who then the uh, fraudulent uh, person might have been and try to really involve the uh, uh, the, the police uh, to now open a criminal case in so far as uh, a criminal activity that might have actually taken place. All right. Lionel, we're going to continue the conversation in a moment. Lionel uh, Makokotela, founder of Financial Wise Corner, we're talking about um, the consumer goods and services ombud and the kind of cases that you can take before um, that especially where you're not satisfied with the quality of products that you have received. And what do you do when a supplier simply doesn't respond? And um, like I said, part of the reason we're having this conversation, we had one of our listeners call in complaining about one of the popular stores, online stores that um, many South Africans use and says, well, what he got is not what he ordered and there'd simply been no response and so many of you got in touch with us 
about the same company. We've been trying to reach out to them, but absolutely no response from them to us as well. So you can understand the frustration uh, that people are going through. It's just after 10.30 and Musa standing by. We'll continue the conversation with Lionel after this. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. Kathy Motlatana on SAFM. We continue the conversation with Lionel Magukutlela. Uh, we're talking about uh, consumer goods and services ombudsman. Uh, so, Lionel, you know, th- the examples that you're giving up the, about people uh, taking matters to the ombud all include a response of sort from um, the supplier in this instance. What happens when a supplier is simply non-responsive? Uh, Kathy, um, that is actually the uh, the start or then what results into the frustration that consumers uh, tend to uh, have to deal with uh, daily. In that case, uh, this is where then the ombuds would actually now try to come in and be a mediator of some sort by trying to force a response uh, out of the uh, 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 the supplier's uh, side of things. But most of the time, uh, you would realize that once then the ombuds comes uh, to, uh, to, to the fourth, uh, most of these uh, retail stores are actually uh, participants in what uh, in their database, where then they actually know who then the CEO, then the, the person who's actually heading the board, and they would actually try to involve uh, the senior management if then the uh, operational uh, staff are actually not uh, coming to the party and try to really uh, make sure that then there is going to be a smooth facilitation of trying to really find the common ground between the two parties. In this case, it would be the consumer as well as the supplier. But most of the time, once the ombuds comes uh, to the uh, to the table, you'd find that uh, all parties are actually now willing to, uh, to, to participate and engage and have a meaningful conversation insofar as the dis- that uh, parties might actually have uh, felt uh, pertaining to the transaction that is in question. But uh, uh, may I say that um, most of the uh, 99.9% of the time, whenever the ombuds gets involved, there's always going to be a response. And the response is most of the time favorable to uh, all parties. And in this pay, uh, in this uh, in this case, it would then be the win uh, mostly for the consumer because then uh, whatever frustrations that they probably might have been uh, feeling insofar as having a, a, a product that is not working or of uh, a certain quality that they actually agree to, now they actually get to be reimbursed or uh, give a new product just so that they can actually now uh, uh, be uh, able to uh, to to be satisfied uh, with the service quality i've got a question here that's building on the issue of online purchases and the listener wants to know um, how far the reach of the ombudsman extends so if you have bought something online from an international uh, supplier do they have any recourse um if 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 you're in south africa perhaps you've bought something maybe from uh the uk from the us from asia okay um in that case um 
then it's it becomes more of a legal uh, a conundrum uh, because uh, you should uh, we should now remember then uh, that uh, South African laws are only applicable to South Africans uh, within South African borders. So if then it becomes an international uh, uh, matter, it's going to be a question where then they would now need to look into uh, seeing if then the very same international uh, company has a, a, a branch within South Africa. If then they do have a branch in South Africa, then uh, obviously then uh, South African laws would actually re reign supreme to then the uh, overseas country that is based in South Africa. And uh, they would actually try to then uh, uh, able to entertain that. In the event where then the company is actually does not have a branch in South Africa, unfortunately, this is where then the problem is going to be uh, insofar as uh, they would not be able to actually entertain it because it's outside the jurisdiction of South Africa and uh, South African laws would actually not uh, they would actually not have any arms or their the teeth to buy it outside South Africa. They can only do that within South Africa. Do consumers have recourse when it comes to issues uh, such as incorrect pricing? And um, how, what is the best way to deal with those kind of matters? That is a very popular and a very dynamic one that actually tends to take place all the time. They do actually have a recourse, but equally important, um, the consumer uh, must actually act uh, within uh, the reasonable parameters. So uh, they, we, we must also just when before we, we, we even approach the, the the merits of the case, we must also make it a point that. Uh, people make mistake and there are always going to be technical glitches, especially when it comes to serving people. So if I, for example, am selling a car that is supposed to be, uh, let's say half a million and I miss a, a, a zero and now it's 50,000. And when you call and then I don't tell you, then they, uh, and, and I tell you that, oh, by the way, uh, the ad that I actually, uh, that was actually placed had an uh, error in it. And as a result, Result, they, this uh, offer is actually for half a million as opposed to 50, uh, 50 million. A consumer can simply say, but uh, what I saw versus what you're telling me, they're two different things. And this is where then the service, pro, uh, the service provider can simply try to explain themselves in terms of saying there was an error in terms of the omission uh, that was not supposedly supposed to mislead then the, uh, the public. And uh, they, they do take, uh, um, for example, uh, uh, take... Um, I would say ownership of their mistake and they would actually try to apologize by simply saying that uh, in the event that you were to pay them the specific uh, the specified price that we wanted, which is the half a million, we are willing to actually reimburse for any trauma that you might have felt. And this is where then the service provider and then the consumer can actually come to the table and then see what would be an, a, a reasonable outcome. But in South African laws, uh, we do have other uh, areas where you'd find that the product that has actually been uh, advertised or attached to a, uh, to, to, to a, let's say for example, a toothpaste. And then when you go to the till, uh, the toothpaste, it's, it says 10 rent, but then it says 12 rent. In that case, you'd find that the, uh, the, uh, the service provider is willing to simply say, okay, you, you can pay them the 
10 rands as opposed to the 12 rand that is actually being displayed on the monitor uh, versus the, uh, the, the advertised uh, price. So those are just some of the dynamics that you would actually have to navigate through. Uh, so you would look at the reasonability of the product as well as the reasonability of then the amount of money that is actually going to be charged versus what then would be a, a favorable outcome for both parties. Mm-hmm. At which point, especially where you're talking about products on the shelf, can a consumer argue to get the lowest price that's uh, been shown on the shelf versus um, what may be a higher price for the same product because often you'll see consumers uh, you know fighting with store managers about those issues that no this toothpaste like you're saying um, is is 10 rand on the shelf but I get to the till it says it's this much and I've only planned I'm only prepared to spend so much today this is where then the uh, consumer uh, consumer need to be empowered in terms of understanding what their rights are insofar as Consumer Protection Act. Uh, this is where you would actually bring it then a case that has actually been dealt with insofar as an example that you are actually being uh, uh, you are actually trying to advance your argument on and uh, the most important thing it's just simply trying to uh, make sure that it, during the whole exchange of the uh, of the uh, 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 conversation you actually have a portfolio of evidence to simply say but this is what it says and here's a picture or here's the tag uh, on your on the shelf versus what it's actually saying and I, I as a as a consumer I feel that I'm uh, at a disadvantaged space as a result of this and these are my reasons as to why I actually bought this because I felt that this was actually going to be a, a, a price that I'm actually supposed to be paying as opposed to the one that you are now saying that is the price that I ought to be paying and um most of the consumers, I mean, most of the service providers are actually willing to simply say that given the price that is actually now uh, you're demanding to be paying versus what we actually might have made a mistake on, it's a small price to pay as opposed to now having to go through the whole uh, uh, process of consumer uh, uh, goods and service ombuds. And we are willing to take then the turn rent and then try to rectify this ad just so that then the next con- uh, customer Customers don't necessarily have to be going through the same challenge as then the previous one. All right. Let me take some of the WhatsApp voice notes and calls that uh, we have coming through for you, Lionel. I'll kick it off with this uh, voice note. I agree with me. Hello, Katie. Uh, I'd like to ask your guest, since we are in this stage of Fourteen industrial revolution. A lot of things are done uh, automatic on online and computer. That's your guess. How often do they get uh, complaints of of people who have ordered something online to find out? Like how often do they? How is it easy to resolve uh, issues if someone has bought something online, maybe from another country or from somewhere else, to find out that it's not the things that they saw when they were seeing on the internet? All right, that issue of the online purchase is coming up again, Lionel. 
Yes, I, I think it's uh, the, it's a very beautiful question, and I think uh, in in that in that regard, let's say then the service provider is within the borders of South Africa. It's a very uh, easy case to actually approach in terms of actually now uh, trying to resolve that within the service provider. But then, if then the service provider is actually unwilling to entertain the issues to simply say that what you advertise online versus what I now have as a product, those are two different things. And that could actually be regarded as misleading. Uh, you want your refund or they must actually now rectify the, the error that they've made by giving you then the correct product. And if then the conversation still does not actually render any uh, positive outcome for you as a consumer, you can actually take that portfolio of evidence to simply say that on such and such a date, I spoke to so-and-so, and this is the reference, uh, reference number that they gave me. And uh, they actually told me X, Y, and Z insofar as uh, what I actually brought to the table of knowledge for them to actually consider. And then after the uh, much consideration, I as a consumer feel that I have been disadvantaged and I've been misled to actually now buy a product that they actually advertise, but in reality, it's not the exact product that I actually was willing to pay. I invite you as then the ombuds to actually intervene in this regard, just so that at least there is going to be a win-win situation because I'm not willing to actually have a product that is not within the specifications of what is it that I was actually expecting from a, uh, from a, uh, from a service provider. And this is where then the, um, the ombuds would actually come into play. But insofar as then the international, where they, don't, they, don't, they do not have a head office in South Africa, that it becomes a little bit tricky because you may find that um, the very same international the, the very same international service provider is not actually uh, registered. You may find that they are actually a bogus uh, service provider, which is most what has been happening, where people pretend to be actually owning a company overseas. And then when you actually do further investigation, the company does not necessarily exist. And in terms of then the online purchases, uh, in, uh, in terms of online payments, you'd find that they would actually steal then uh, the uh, credibility or the credentials of then the consumer for their own selfish reasons. And that is this way then our consumers need to be empowered to simply say, before you actually even do your online purchases, please try to then do your own investigation to simply say that, is this uh, service provider actually registered? If they are registered, look also and try to simply see where then their offices are situated within the uh, borders of South Africa. Just so that in the event that you are unhappy, you would know where to go. But most of the time, the ombuds would actually be able to assist you in terms of actually trying to um, uh, do further investigation uh, to really locate then the uh, service provider within the borders of South Africa. But then if then there are any criminal activities that might have actually taken place where then this uh, service provider is a bogus service provider, then uh, this is where then the, uh, the the prosecution law would actually start taking into uh, kicking in because this would be regarded as fraudulent activity. And with fraudulent activity, this is when the police would actually come into play and then they would actually investigate further. And then only to now find that you were not only the person, the only the uh, the, the, the only person who was actually being uh, um, uh, taken advantage of, then they would actually try to really stop then the scam from actually uh, feathering uh, on so that at least we can have a harmonious uh, uh, online uh, uh, shopping experience. All right, let me go to Lorraine in KZN. Lorraine, good morning. You have a question for Lionel. Hi, good morning. Um, I have a question for Lionel. Um, 
I'm going to eat up all of your time. I'll try to make it as brief as I can. Uh, sorry, what is the gentleman's surname? Can I call him Lionel? Yes, you can. Yes, please. Uh, Lionel, I'm not sure of your designation with uh, the ombudsman, but thanks for being there. It's like a dream come true because I have tried on several occasions to get rid of, I'm not sure how your organization is labeled, uh, like you have Chapter 9 for the Public Protector how are you referred to as what kind of institution? Lorraine, Lionel is not with uh, the Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman. He's the founder of Financial Wise Corner, his own organization, and they help lots of consumers deal with very different matters. But uh, this is one of the issues that, that they will uh, typically get involved with. Hooray for that, because um, Lionel... Um, like I said, I've got two numbers here on the manifest of a clever uh, ombudsman and another one, a reply from one of the staff members. I'm not sure what her designation is, but uh, I'll give you these two numbers and hopefully your luck will be better than mine. You can try them. It's 0860. So, Lorraine, just before you continue, whose numbers are those? This one is the manifest from the credit ombudsman. The other one is from a lady called, I'm not sure if it's lady or what, but her email address. Um, and it gives another telephone number. And these are documents that are being sent by the credit ombudsman itself. Mm-hmm. And try phoning that number. The only re- response you'll get is, believe it or not, um, phone not available or number not the correct number doesn't exist. And I've mm-hmm. tried, I don't know how many times, I've got correspondence to the effect of what I tried to do on my own before loading them with an endless number of documents. Kathy, I'm sure you can understand. I'm like traumatized by all of this because I get messages mm-hmm. every day from a third party who would be their consultants. They don't give references, they don't give names, so you don't know who you're working with. Then you phone again, the questions you'll be asked, as with most service providers, is who are you and what you're calling about. Everything Mm. you have to repeat ad nauseum with no response. So I've taken it upon myself, I've corresponded with the ombuds, and I've corresponded with the person I was, well, I will say the accounts will hold in question, but the dispute is not about consumer goods. It's about uh, an amount they say I owe versus what I say I owe. And I said oh. to them, listen, if you you are increasing the amount in terms of um, whatever services or monetary services you feel I'm due to, then send me your statement and I'll show yes. you what I have. And they fail to do that. Instead, they're threatening lawsuits. And I said, well, you need to instigate the lawsuit because we're going to carry on like this and nothing will ever be achieved. Because it's a question of he said, she said. All right. And, and, it's with, and it's with the credit ombudsman, hey, Lorraine? That's right. Okay. All right. I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you to pause it there. I can give you proof of my correspondence, which I've sent time and time again, including mm-hmm. the times, etc., etc. Lorraine, that's no fine. Let, let me pause it there with you. I've got a break coming up. We'll take this break and then I'll give Lionel an opportunity to respond to you after this. Kathy Mosasana on SAFM. All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point. Let me go to Lionel. Lionel, uh, Lorraine is still on the line. What advice do you have for her? Hello, Kathy. Hi, Lionel. I can hear you loud Hi. and clear. 
All right. No, thank you. Um, yes, uh, Lorraine's uh, case is actually uh, nothing unique. Uh, we've actually been inundated with such uh, similar cases as hers, where I had even one client from Wheatbank. Uh, she was actually a doctor, where a, a third party actually called her to simply say that she was owing uh, for a debt that she didn't even know of. And as a result, when we actually further investigated, only to find that the very same uh, third party uh, that was actually trying to uh, collect the money was actually doing so unlawfully. And when uh, we further pressed on in terms of actually requesting further information pertaining to the very same uh, debt that has actually been referred to, there was no paper trail. Nothing was actually being brought to the table. So what I would like to say to her is simply that, uh, can she keep everything in writing? Uh, at the end of this interview, I will actually uh, dish out my, my email address and we'll basically try to see how we can best assist there and then actually uh, um, point her to then the right people that she can actually uh, talk to within the credit space uh, so that they can actually try to facilitate a much better conversation between herself and then there's uh, the credit provider uh, in question. And since we are on that, because uh, the credit uh, was actually going to be another topic that we're actually scheduling to uh, to have in, uh, uh, in in the near future, let me just try to simply uh, say this uh, with regard to that. When it comes to credit, uh, we must also be mindful that if a, a credit provider does not collect uh, a credit and then it uh, it goes for up to let's say five years uh, um, uh, five years five years and they then they try to resuscitate the whole conversation after five years uh, that on its own uh, you can actually not pay for for, for that uh, credit or whatever outstanding amount because there is a lifespan that a credit can actually be collected within however if then uh, they do so which is what they try to do uh, intel uh, in, 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 intelligently they would actually try to call you and simply say uh, mr so and so uh, are you aware of a date that you actually had with x uh, store then most consumers will say mm, yes i remember we actually had a uh, I had a date uh, with so and so, and then once you actually agree to that, that actually kicks off. Then to simply say that you are now acknowledging the debt, and as a result, the debt now takes a new life where they can actually try to pursue uh, collecting whatever amount is actually outstanding pertaining to the debt. So it is always mindful that whenever people are simply telling you that you are owing them, you'd actually ask them to show you proof or either send you an, a statement of some sort uh, pertaining to that debt. Then you can actually do your own calculation on your part to simply simply see if then this falls within the period of five years or is if, if it's more. If it's more than five years, unfortunately, they shouldn't be actually collecting uh, that debt because it has prescribed in law. However, most of them, as I said, they intelligently do it so that they can actually lure you. And once they actually have the proof, uh, the voice proof, because most of the uh, time uh, it's done telephonically, they can actually utilize that to try and really go after you to actually collect the debt. Mm -hmm. But it's not its not a very, uh, uh, it's not something that is actually foreign. Oh, most right. people are inundated with that. And uh, we can actually try to assist uh, some, of, uh, some of our listeners insofar as actually navigating through the corridors uh, if they are actually in that uh, particular uh, space. Thanks for that, Lionel. Uh, I want to quickly take uh, Solomzi in Fosloris. Good morning. 
Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm well, and, thank you. And uh, good morning to Daniel as well. Kevin, my question is that uh, is Lionel aware of the international standards organization? They called the ISO, in short. Because when I look at that, I, I found it to be a very, very useful instrument. And it can do the groundwork for both the client and the supplier. So, Lumzi, is it an organization that you're talking about? Yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's called ISO. It's an international standards organization. Okay. It was introduced about 15 years ago. But I don't see it working all together. Because that is a, a, a good authority or, or, or a, a good principle by which we can all do, you know, business. Okay. Mm. Uh, are you aware of it, Lionel? I've heard of it uh, insofar as then your uh, um, your legitimate uh, service providers. However, in most cases, for example, uh, where there are fraudulent activities, they themselves would find them uh, that they are actually unable to really go after them, the thieves who have actually uh, um, um, uh sort of uh, acted as if then they are legitimate service providers. So it is, I, I've heard of it, but um, insofar as actually interacting with them, I've never actually interacted with them. So uh, I wouldn't actually have much knowledge in terms of how they, they do then the operations. But I will look into it and then uh, get back to you uh, next week when we actually have another uh, uh, conversation. All right. Let me do this, Alana. Let me give you a chance to just give out your details for our listeners to get in touch with you. Okay, uh, the listeners can actually go to www.egavas, which is a savage spelled backwards, E-G-A-V-A-S.co.za. And if you would like to actually email us as uh, SAFM listeners, we actually have an email address that is primarily designed to deal with disputes or issues that uh, actually uh, our listeners actually face on a day-to-day basis. And those uh, challenges that they actually are facing is what we are going to be utilizing to actually compile topics just so that we can actually try to really uh, deal with them, uh, the, the, the layers of the challenges that our uh, listeners uh, are actually facing. And the email address is uh, FWC, which is basically standing for Financial Wise Corner, EGAVAS, uh, as an E-G-A-V-A-V-A-S at gmail.com. FWC, EGAVAS, at gmail.com. That is basically our email address that people can actually get a hold of us. And we'll make it a point that we do try and acknowledge uh, all the emails that we actually receive. But insofar as being inundated with a lot of emails, we please just bear with us that uh, we actually try to uh, look and uh, try to uh, provide as much uh, quality of service as possible. All right, Lionel, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Lionel Mangokotlela, founder of the Financial Wise Corner there.